0: I feel just because we're, we we grow up in cultures where it's um you know we're, we're constantly trying to be sold or be enrolled in somebody else's dream in somebody else's reality and so we get into this space of like it's the and, and say in America the quote unquote american dream it's it's never it's never been my dream it's never been people who I knows dream you know that's somebody created that so it's like for me it's that's that's what we've been Um, exposed to is other people's dreams so just just starting right there at a young age it's yeah man that's that's where I, i feel it comes from
1: the greatest problem in this world is that people are too fucking scared to be themselves scared of what others think why because society made you fit into a tiny little box
2: happiness is always going to be a myth if you stay in that little box you need to wake up to who you truly are Find some
1: courage. Find some fucking balls to be yourself. Your mental, emotional,
2: physical and spiritual health is all going to be out of whack, up and down, left and right, when this shit happens. You're constantly seeking shit outside yourself. Drugs, sex, alcohol, food, people, all that shit that is temporarily helping you feel something greater. I've done all this and it doesn't fucking work. You are 1,000 times more than what you think than what you
1: believe, and that happiness is real, and that it doesn't come in a bottle labelled prescription drugs or 4x lager, well maybe 4x lager, but not long term. It actually comes from within you, deep inside you is inner peace, but you only need to know how to find it. Well, welcome to the answer, to the Feeling Alive podcast with Luca Riddy. It's time to be who you came here to be, son.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Feeling Alive podcast with Luca Reedy. This is episode 30. I'm with my man, Brendan Durrell, a.k.a. The Inner Light Warrior, which he is known by on Instagram. Today, we're talking about the importance of being yourself, your true self from your heart and how do you do it and what does it look like when you're not doing it. We are going through... Brendan's epic experience in life, coming from a professional baseball background, turning himself into a holistic lifestyle coach, which I believe he was always born to be, helping people find deep clarity using their own internal life force energy to find new ways to enhance their purpose and highest potential in life. You're going to love this episode. Let's go. back to the feeling alive podcast with luca reedy today's a very important episode the reason it is important is because it is on how to be yourself and the importance of being yourself your true self and i'm here with my brother brendan Durrell all the way from guatemala aka the inner light warrior as you might all know him brendan brother welcome to the podcast
0: Luke, what up, man? Thanks for having me, bro. I know this is a long time coming ever since uh, we met in Bali. I knew what I meant yeah, to yeah. like, this dude is special. So I know we we're going to link up.
2: I uh, appreciate that, man. It's it's funny the synchronicities like that. Hey, like, uh, you know, it was Christmas morning, wasn't it? We yeah, bumped into each other. Morning, out. Yeah.
0: It was Kurtan going on at, at, at the, that restaurant.
2: Yeah, that's right, man. That's right. Was, we were having there. We were having a morning cacao. It was such a fucking beautiful day, too. Yeah, but, man. It is, man. It's a small world, and it's it's the synchronicities are beautiful. And I guess that's a big aspect of sort of tuning, in. like this this message that we're going to be talking about today. It's a byproduct of tuning into your true self, tuning into your heart. Synchronicities, you tune into that, and it's yeah, it's like a byproduct. Would you
0: agree? Absolutely, it's it is a byproduct of um mm. of just your who you are, just just who you are. Like you 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 feel into yourself because nobody can be on this journey of of self-realization without listening to themselves. Like it's, it's not, it's not other self-realization. That's not the journey. It's not other self, it's Mm. self-realization. So yeah, man, Mm. I totally agree with you.
2: Mm, Beautiful brother. So the first question I want to ask, and this is for, um, this is general for everyone that I ask is talking about a daily ritual or a morning routine that you do to enhance your well And, and what is that for you?
0: For me, it's uh, if I have it, it's always, always, always physically cacao. Like, man, I'm a big cacao guy. Like, that's just yes. like a physical thing that I do. Uh, yeah. but, but one thing that I, when, when I wake up in the morning, um, I don't know if you can hear the birds in the background right now going. So good. But whatever yeah. it is, whether it's a rooster, it's birds, it's dogs, it's a little taxi tuk tuk, my alarm clock. Right when I wake <laughs> up every single morning, I. Ponder and contemplate on how blessed I am that the universe chose to wake me up again, how I get to be wow. here, how I get to um, have this life. Um, we see a lot of things that's happening now in the world with everything with the American situation, with the racial riots, and all these things. it's mm. at the end of the day, it's like, God damn, I'm so blessed. I get to see another day. Mm. So I give thanks to whatever wakes me up. if it's a dog barking, if it's an annoying rooster like you have there in Bali. I get down to it. It's like, thank you for waking me up today because I want to yeah. be woke. I want to be woke every single day.
2: Mm, brother, that's amazing. That's as simple as it can be, right? Like we talk about all the, you know, the breathing, the, I mean, cacao and, and cacao and gratitude is, is just as simple as it has to be, you know, meditation. Like I, I've been down that path where it's like an hour long morning routine. And then you just like, it's not sustainable. Um, if you're like push, 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 but the, 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 for people listening right now, the most simple thing you can do is to wake up and do exactly what Brennan's saying, is just be grateful that you got to wake up, that the universe woke you up, and that is beautiful. So oh, let's start, man. Let's get into this. This is the importance of being yourself. I know you're on a on a time crunch, so let's look at this from the very core. What does it mean? to be yourself?
0: Mm. For me, what, what being myself means to me is that I'm in my peace. Because I, I can't fit in anybody else's shoes. And if, if I try, mm. it's like when you, when you try to put your foot in a shoe that you no longer fit, it's like your toes are gonna be crunched up, it's gonna be uncomfortable. So for me, it's like when, when I'm a- myself, I have this shoe on that fits really comfortable. And that's what I want mm. to walk around in.
2: Mm. Yeah. And so, in the sense of when we say not not comparing yourself to others, and where does this where does this um, self get warped? Where does it get warped, and how does it get warped into being something else or trying to be something else?
0: And how does that
2: happen to someone?
0: I feel just because we're, we grow up in cultures where it's. Um, you know, we're constantly trying to be sold or be enrolled in somebody else's dream in somebody mm. else's reality. And so we get into this space of like, it's the, and, and say in America, the quote unquote American dream, it's it's never, mm. it's never been my dream. It's never been people who I know's dream, you know, that's somebody created wow. that. So it's like, for me, it's, that's, that's what we've been um, exposed to is other people's dreams. Yeah. So. Just yeah. starting right there at a young age, it's yeah, man. That's that's where I, I feel it comes from.
2: Yeah, that's like what Bruce. I mean, Bruce Lipton's a big. Uh, he studies his stuff, and he talks about you know your environment determines your genetics, or you know change can change your genetics. But you look at like the zero to seven of the subconscious. When you're zero to seven years old, you're literally taking in everything outside of you, mm-hmm. and so we're we're so freaking we're like a sponge, man. And so that's what you're talking about is like. The American dream was drummed into you through advertising, through people, through TV, like uh wherever it was said. And they and that all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, I've got to go for the American dream, right?
0: Yeah, man. So yeah, we're already at a disadvantage just from starting at that point. It's like, oh, we're being bought into like, oh mommy, I want McDonald's. I want a happy meal so I can be happy, mm. you know? How ironic is that? You know? It's
2: like <laughs> Oh man.
0: <laughs> yeah, bro. It's
2: it's really like that advertising, like I mean, you get to a point on this journey. Like I remember just like turning off all TV because it literally repulsed me. Now it's like you you end up building a tolerance and you understand it differently when you go through your own journey. But like you literally would nearly have to, and I don't know, did you do this, get to a point where you were like avoiding when you were aware that you were being conditioned? Did you like try and avoid as much of the external influences as possible?
0: Absolutely, and and my journey was, and I know that many people who I've supported in my life and coach. It's we get to this space before we get through and get to a certain level of maturity in our in mm. our journey. It's like I was in that space, and but the reason why I got to that space is because I became, I had to be judgmental. I had to yes. be like, yo, know, fuck McDonald's, fuck Burger King, fuck this, fuck that. Like I, I had to, I, I literally went into that kind of state. So I went into mm. this, this mode for like a period of time where I was like, anti all this, you know? And mm. now it's not like that. Now it's like, of course, everybody can choose what they want to choose for their lives. But yeah, man, I went through this period where I was just like, F all of this shit. Um, it's not me. Stop telling me what I need to do, how I need to feel, what I need to mm. eat. It's not true. It's like, do I really need this?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, how is that for you now? You just, you, you can understand a bigger picture behind it. Is there a more acceptance
0: now? Oh yeah. More acceptance for everybody on their journey. Like I see it now, just people, just a lack of uh, awareness. And yeah. I really appreciate people. A lot of my um, mentors that I've had in the past two years, um, yeah. they've smoked cigarettes. They've drank a lot of coffee. They've done things wow. that like our culture is like saying like, don't do that. And it's like, they, they know it's not the best for them, but at the same time, they're like, I'm still human and I'm still here and, and yes. I'm still wise and I'm still a teacher. And then, so for me, honestly, like walking into a situation with a teacher that way, I'm like, I really respect this person because they know mm. where they stand in everything.
2: Yeah. So that's, that's, in, that's, that's, a, I mean, I know exactly that experience only because I've come from deep judgment and just recently sort of coming out of it and going, no, it's not about that. Like, I was the judgmental vegan guy. And, like, <laughs> yeah, I laugh about that too. Eh? It's like, you got money problems, it's because you're not vegan. You've got relationship issues, it's because you're not vegan.
0: <laughs> you, know, you stubbed your toe. That's enough vegan. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, you wouldn't have done that if you were vegan. And so like I've come full circle, bro, like full circle around going, fuck me, I was such a dick. And, it, and we talked about this on one of my recent podcasts with, um, with Mason Taylor from Super Feast Mushrooms and, and he's, he was the same about like adaptogens and, and he was raw vegan and he's like, dude, it was so boring. And, and, you, and you, you are, you're so boring, but you also, what we talked about is it's a lack of identity.
1: Mm-hmm. He goes,
2: you're clinging, you're clinging to an idea mm-hmm. of something because it's a lack of inner self identity. Mm-hmm. And I, and I guess that is like, when we talk about inner, like an inner, or a lack of self identity, we're, we're looking like at exactly the problem that we're, we're discussing here is that you don't know yourself, okay. right?
0: Yes. What's
2: your thoughts on that, bro? <sighs>
0: Yeah, man, it's like, I love that example too. And, and I went through a period too where I was vegan for a bit and then I went to vegetarian and then I was like, man, I don't feel healthy. Like I want to have chicken. Yeah. So I went through this yeah. whole phase of back and forth and I still go back and forth with it. And for me, that space yeah. too, it's like that energy that of that, that what I was in, it, I was resembling being, let's say like um, uh, a missionary type finger pointing christian energy the one that like i Mm. i grew up through because i was christian Mm. for like 10 years of my life and i remember Mm. it's like if you're not christian you're going to go to hell essentially
1: Mm. and and for
0: me like with and to me that's the also the lack of identity that you're speaking about it's like people aren't really going deep internally into who they are so it's like they're clinging on to this belief you know which is okay you cling on to whatever you want to cling on to but you cling on to this thing and you hold on to it and that's your truth And it's like, but is that really your Mm. truth, though? Is that somebody else's truth that they gave to you? They sold to you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, is that the same as like, I mean, would you class that as the same as being at being an external, you know, source of your own internal happiness? Like if you look at drugs, alcohol, food, sex, porn, all that sort of stuff that we attach to when we're struggling on the inside, would you say that like Christianity, veganism, that's just the same thing?
0: I feel it's, it's the Would same energy. you say there's, there's an internal yeah. struggle? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's the, the energy that comes from that place, I feel it's all within the same family. It comes in the same yeah. place. Because it's, to me, like you said, the, the, the baseline is like a lack of identity. It's like you're taking yeah. somebody else's story and making it your own. And which is yeah. okay. And if you believe that, it's your truth, that's, that's beautiful. But it's like, I feel in this journey, um, yeah. to really get to who you are and to be yourself, it's... You have to question everything. And, and this, mm. is, this is the part of that judgmental period that I was in. I was questioning everything. Questioning, questioning. Yeah. Even if somebody goes, the sky is blue. And I'm like, not today. It could be white because there's clouds. So I was like, literally <laughs> every little thing. And, and that supports me in just feeling my own discernment of like, what's true for me? Oh, yeah, the sky is blue. Yeah, And, and I can take this person's yes. opinion and, and, and truth and feel into it and be like, yeah, that's my truth too.
2: Wow, man! Well, wow. and so you were—I mean, you are a baseballer, professional baseballer for geez, twenty something years, right?
0: Uh, um, I played pro ball for like uh, like four years, but I played baseball my whole life for about twenty something years.
2: Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. And um, so was that when you left that? So you you finished playing professional baseball? Did you lose? did you have to create a new identity or was that like a point where you were, you sort of lost yourself or were you leaving because you started knowing who you were?
0: Yeah. I, I started leaving because I started feeling that hitting a baseball was just, it, it just didn't do it for me anymore. When, when the world was, yeah. the world's spinning and it's just this thing of just, um, there's so much out there. And I was like, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm dedicating all this time just to hit a round ball with a round bat, trying to hit it over a fence, mm-hmm. you know? I was like, my life right Mm. now is, I feel I'm not being of service as I should. And so my transition from baseball um, to where I am now was, it was pretty, uh, it was seamless. There was a couple like highs and lows, but it was never like, um, I lost myself and now I'm in this work. Like I was always heart open in leadership positions. And for me, I just loved inspiring people. Like. When I hit yeah. home run, home runs in baseball, my biggest thing was like I loved the way um, people responded to that. It made them feel good. So for mm. me, it's like in this work now, it's like if I can support somebody with a breakthrough and they feel good, I'm like to me, that's like hitting a home run.
2: Wow, brother, that's so interesting. That's 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 a really good way to put it. And you don't really, I guess people wouldn't even think about it like that. You know, is that there is a way to inspire people in everything that you do. And if you just change, if you have, if you believe that, and, and it seems like it was inherent in your life, but because, you know, like I was saying here before, I've got some, I think I know more about your journey than you know about your journey. <laughs> thanks to um, the research that's um, presented to me. Seven years old, you said your dad, you told your dad you wanted to be a, a pastor, a pastor. Paster. Yeah, man. And, and, um, and that was your way of, you, you realize now of wanting to be a healer and to support people in their journey. How was that? Like, why? Why did you want to be a pastor? Was that because you wanted to, you know, was it for other reasons other than your own reasons, or
0: that was just purely because at that time when I was going to church with my sister, uh, my oldest sister, it was what I was exposed to. It was somebody else's reality and story, so I can associate teaching and healing and inspiring people with being a pastor at that time. So that's when I was that age. It was like that's what I associated with. Now. Let's say if my dad was, um, uh, or my, yeah, say my dad was like Les Brown or like Tony Robbins, you know, then maybe I'd be like, I want to be a keynote speaker, dad. So for me, it's like, it it changes based on what you're around. And for me as a child, I associated a pastor being with somebody who helps and inspires people.
2: Mm, Wow, man. And that's, that's an interesting point because it's like, you can literally based on your environment you can attach to whatever people are doing in that environment. It's what we talked about earlier, right? It's yep. just like, that's my reality and that's what I'm going to do. But it, it can take you down a path that maybe you don't want to be doing, right?
0: Yeah, and that's what most people we feel like. We, we hear the stories all the time. I was going up the corporate ladder. I was doing A, B, and Z. Yeah, and then, and then I hit this nice. point. I realized, fuck, I don't want to do this. This is what my parents did and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to quit my job yeah. and I'm going to move to Bali how many times have you heard that story and you probably hear it yes dude
2: that's what i exactly what i did man (laughs) (laughs) exactly what i did like i was in the mining game for from Uh, 18 you know you know like hey
0: i said fifo stand up (laughs) yeah fifo stand up
2: (laughs) totally dude and and it was i mean it it served a a big purpose and i'll and i don't ever regret it and i don't ever despise it because it helped me do exactly what i'm doing now but saying that i was i was sucked in a hole bro like emotional hole hated doing it i was only doing it for the money and i was only doing it because that's what i had seen my whole life it was just mm. the mining game and my parents and so the moment you leave that i literally left that and i'm like fuck it i'm going traveling around the world for a year i did that in the same canada for two years but like that's where you find yourself dude you find yourself when you leave the old environment mm. right and you go and see the world through your own eyes. It doesn't have to be the world, it could just be leaving your environment and and um going on a different adventure whether it's on your in your home country or whatever. You said you were going traveling like a bit and and you also mentioned that it, it can lead to what's called spiritual bypassing. What what was your journey? Did you have to like did you go traveling and did traveling open your eyes up to something or did you did you change your environment to a point where it was like oh, fuck, there's something different here.
0: Yeah, man. It was, for me, Like I started traveling first because of baseball. Like It was paying for my tab wherever I was going in these beautiful places. Mm. And then after baseball was over, I kept traveling. And then I got to a point where I started getting deeper into my own healing and my lineage healing and ancestral healing. And I was like, man, a part of me traveling and staying away from America, staying away from New York where my family is, is because a part mm. of me doesn't want to go back and, and, and deal with some shit that, I, that really mm. triggers me and annoys me. So, so yes, yeah. I was using travel as like, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? And bypassing mm. in a way of like, I probably should go home now and work on, let's say, my lower chakra system and root healing with my family. Mm. I was avoiding that shit for so long. So yes, travel was beautiful, but it was taking me away from what I needed to attend to.
2: Wow. But if you didn't travel, you wouldn't have realized that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I yeah. was also exposed, like, I'm so grateful for my pops and, and what he's done. And also just uh, me growing up, my mother is Puerto Rican and my father is African-American. So a stigma mm. in America at the time, I just pretty much culturally, was like black men don't show up for their children. That was just like a stigma. It still is in America. Yeah, um, A yeah. sing, uh, single mom with raising a son. And that wasn't the case for me. My parents were divorced. However, my father was always there and showed up for me. So at wow. a young age, my dad always, he was my biggest fan for baseball. At all my games, everything. And he was the one who was like, no, nah, man, I want you to go to college away from home. So like, I listened wow. to him and I went to college 2,000 miles away from where I grew up. So this bug of yeah. like traveling and seeing new things was already in my system. I just got definitely like so deep into where I was like, man, I'm I'm avoiding some healing with my family.
2: Ooh, bro, that's powerful, man. I can totally relate to that. hey eh? like I've, I I literally had a um Tim Morrison had a retreat in February. I went to the Brave Retreat and just did some deep, you know, masculine healing of the sacred masculine. And one of the like I used to say the was the hardest thing I've ever done, but. This is like this has topped it, and I know you are a part of Sacred Sons, and and I think that has a very similar. It, I think it sort of follows the same framework. It's like just just healing that masculine, bro, and um, fuck, it was it was deep. And what I realized in that one of the breathwork sessions was that I had been running since I since a child. Like I've always been. We've always moved from home to home to home to home, and I've never had a home. And my traveling. Because I've been, you know, ever, ever since I was like 24, 25, I've just been traveling.
1: Mm.
2: It was just finding a home, searching for that home. And I'm just looking and I'm looking and I'm looking. I remember going to this one festival and uh, it was in Canada. It was one festival and there was just like a heap of sort of like, ah, just like very free people, you know, and they're living in their camper vans and, um, you know, the they would barefoot type stuff you know as some would say like a free spirit and I remember looking at them and I'm like what and I just had this huge realization it's like what are they running from what am I running from I'm running I'm running from my my upbringing
1: Mm. we're
2: all so troubled we're all so troubled and I had that huge just like wake up call to say you got to stop running bro Mm. and I think I think that is the that is for everyone listening now is like, you know, how to start finding yourself, how to start being your true self is yeah. you've got to sit there and face it. Hey.
0: Absolutely. You've you got, got to just sit, sit there and there, root in and just root in and, and face it. It's mm. um, yeah, man. The, the discomfort of facing it will be way shorter than the avoidance. Yeah. Like the avoidance yeah, you will just float away. Like how the visual of Alice in Wonderland just floating down the rabbit hole. That's that's yeah. the same way it happens when we avoid our shit. We just keep floating away and floating away. Yeah. Instead of in, man. But yeah, bro, I, yeah. I love that aspect of your story and I relate so much because that is essentially like me always searching for a home. And that's been part mm-hmm. of it of traveling so much. Um between um school years uh eight through twelve, I went to five different schools, years mm-hmm. eight through twelve. Wow. And I was like constantly like going back and forth, living with my mom, living with my dad moving house, doing this. So I feel that deeply. So I've always been in this state and of, of realizing, trying to realize who I am. And I mentioned being Puerto Rican, half Puerto Rican, and I'm
1: yeah.
0: also half African-American. Initially from the start, I always actually felt in the middle and didn't know who I was. So in being myself, Whoa. this has been my journey as well, because let's say my mother's Puerto Rican side, a bunch of family in Puerto Rico I don't speak Spanish fluently and it's, and I look more like just a black dude from America. So I really never fit in with the Puerto Rican side fully. And then my father's side, it's um, most of my family, they're, they're live, living in the hood. They're doing um, the New York hood lifestyle and all that. And, and, and then I'm there. And then it's like, I'm mm-hmm. kind of not hood like that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I did grow up in a house, for most of my life so I kind of don't feel and resonate so much with them and that so I always felt kind of alone in the middle wow. so I, I never really knew where I fit in and this even leaks now we get we can get more into it a little bit about just me being in the spiritual community as well
2: mm. so well let's go there bro <laughs> I, I totally relate with you and I've got a, a pretty much the exact same story but like how, did that translate into the spiritual community how did how would explain that for me
0: yeah, man, And this is something that's like true to me. It's actually been coming up a lot because with everything's happening in America, uh, I've just been thinking yeah. about my place and my leadership with the black community yeah. and then with, with just the community in general, and, and being on both sides. And for me, it's um, being in this work and then doing this work. Usually, mm-hmm. in all these spaces, whether it's yoga, um, sound healing, kirtan. Uh, cacao ceremonies—you can name it—I'm either one of one or one out of two black people, somebody with darker skin color in the space. And mm. and my journey has always been like, as I've been doing my work for over a decade in these spaces, it's like, how come I'm still like one of the only few people that look like me in these spaces? Wow. So so for me, like, what it's taught me—it's I really just have to double down on what my truths are. And what I value in every single yeah. situation. Because for me, it's like I crave for the black community, for Hispanic community, for these communities to come into these spaces. But like let's say in Bali over there, it's it's there's not many black people in these spaces. Yeah. And it's like yeah. why? So that this also played on like my identity things growing up. It's like all these question marks that nobody can answer but me.
2: Mm, so man that's so interesting how how did you well how do you do that in the moment is it like constant like you say you're just saying this is my truth this is my values this is what i love um and so you have to constantly remind yourself that it's okay but is is do you actually feel separated in that in that moment
0: so what i do i always bring it back to love like i always bring it back to love and what it is it's it used to be judgments and now they're just merely observations
1: Wow, because,
0: because i know that i am responsible for carrying myself a certain way you know it's like this is this is this is my troops I'm, I'm walking in my troops however it's like there used to be judgments like i'm the only person in here why it used to bother me deeply mm-hmm. and now it's yeah. like beautiful i get to be in this space and i get to represent these communities that aren't able to be here right now so i'm just observing looking around dude
2: that's beautiful man and for, so the how do you what are the traits of judging and observing? Like to explain that to the people listening, like to explain the clear difference of what judging looks like and what observing looks like in mm. a scenario.
0: In my distinction, judgment is when you attach to a story. When you okay. full on just attach to it, you grab onto it. Oh, um, I don't like this person. And then you just hold on to that story. That's, that's judgment, whatever the story is. Observation is like yeah. remaining neutral. It's like the meditation space of like, don't, don't attach to your thoughts. Like let it, let it go past Mm -hmm. you. So that's what observation is for me.
2: First Yeah, man. And so a story could be in, in the sense of a story could be anything like um, something, an experience or a memory that happened to you in the past and that you're reliving that story experience, memory in that moment. Is that right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It it could be simply like, like me bringing into the space. Like, of course, like I grew up in, in um, an inner city and basketball and american football are like the two biggest sports so me playing baseball was already going against the grain it was different because traditionally mm. baseball is is more of a, a white american sport so uh, me playing yeah. that sport in in that community i was already made fun of by a lot of dudes in the community mm-hmm. but so, so wow. it's like so and then when i played baseball it's like i was literally if it wasn't for maybe like a, a dominican or another puerto rican i was the only dark-skinned dude in the team so that kind of like story from the past will play in when I first got into this spiritual journey of like how come I'm still the only person in, these, in this sound healing journey, in this circle. Oof. So, yeah, man.
2: Fuck. I feel that, brother. I feel that, man. And for those people like listening, how do you get to a point of observation? I mean, this is probably a podcast in itself, but like what has helped you get to the point of observation instead of judgment?
0: Yeah, like bringing it back to love, man, because I know like when I'm in a state, like my, say like you, you've done a lot of breath work and things. Let's say yeah, you know when your nervous system just feels so nourished. You know when mm. like you just feel so much at peace and it's just like, oh man, like this is like mm. a vitality feeling. That's, mm. that's how I know I'm in observation. If I'm in judgment, my nervous system is not in peace. It's in yep. the sympathetic kind of response where it's like tense and like, Waiting to judge somebody and create a story.
2: Dude, that's so powerful. I just saw a thought come to my head last night because we've been going to the um, sauna here just up the road. And like a good way that I could imagine the feeling is like when you're, um, when you get first thing in the morning on your phone, judgment would look, the feeling of judgment would look like, um, you're scrolling and you're comparing yourself on some to someone else on Instagram, and that mm. feeling that comes up—it's like a distaste in the body. It's like a little bit of an anxious feeling, and then you would go to have the moment after you have a sauna where you're just so relaxed and you're happy, you're peaceful, yeah. and maybe you're going out for dinner. Like that's how I would explain the sensation, at least.
0: Yeah, man. And yeah,
2: yeah. It's not something that you can say. Like for me. It's say, I'm not sure where you sit on this, but like, I'm definitely not in observation mode 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. I still, still, still comes up for me. And is that the case for you, bro? Like, do you, and how would you deal with that?
0: For me, it's a muscle. So it's like, I'm human. I'm always going to fall into um, judgments. Let's say with what's happening in America with the riots and and the the police killing uh, my brother out there like that. It's of course, immediately I go into judgments. Like, this motherfucker, yeah. this motherfucker killed him. He murdered mm. him. Fuck him. Like, of course, I go into these, 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 these things, man. I'm human. And for me, it's like when I say come back to love, it's like I come back to a space, let's say, of um, above a line, above the line. It's like I, I, mm. I know that when my nervous system is out of whack, I'm feeling this way. And I know that's mm. not coming from love. So I do yeah. my best in awareness to like, okay, um, bam, this isn't you, man. Like, shake it off. Like, shake up your nervous system. This isn't you. Get yeah. it out. Let's get back to neutral, man. But I have, but yeah. I give myself the permission to say, fuck you. To say, I, yeah. I, I, I actually, right now, the feeling that I have, I actually hate you. I, I hate the way mm. you look for what you just did to this person. Yeah. I give myself permission to, to express that. And then I come back to love because I know that it's going to linger if I don't give it permission to, to pass through me.
2: And, and for that situation in exact, in the same situation, the situation we're talking about just recently with George, is that, did you find yourself when you came back to it? Did you look at that guy as just a subject of his experience? And, and, and is that how you came to add it with love?
0: Yeah, man. Like how, for did, me, you, how I, did you
2: find love for someone like that?
0: For me, it's, um, Rage at first, I come back to it. And I, I mm. honestly can't say that I'm in a space of love yet for that man. However, yeah. I do mourn the fact that that man has never had spaces like we have, like men's spaces, spaces that he can go, yeah. that he could have went to when he was younger, you know? Like, let's yeah. say if he was in masculinity work when he was 13, 14, 18 years old, maybe oh, this never would have happened. So, yeah, man, yeah. like, just in all transparency, I, I'm struggling to find love for that man. However,
1: yeah.
0: I do, I do, I do wish there was an alternative reality where this man was in Sacred Sons, this man was working with me, this man was working with you, with Timmy. So yeah. that, that's where I've, I've been coming back to. It's like, I, if anything, the situations pushed me deeper into this space yeah. of feeling of like, we have to create the space for men because no longer can this keep happening.
2: Yeah, bro. I fucking couldn't agree anymore. And the thing is, is like, I think I did a post up there. It was like, this is why we need to fucking heal people. So our demons don't get pushed onto someone else. Our internal demons, literally, he was in a fucking power struggle. And all he wanted was that. He just wanted to be fucking seen. And I'm getting a little bit riled up with it. But, um, you know, you know, basically, his his demons just came out. And it's fucking bullshit straight up but that's the importance of the work that we're doing man Mm -hmm. like anyone listening to this the importance of being yourself so you don't have to push someone else's beautiful soul back down to the fucking earth and ground beneath you we need to Mm. coexist side by side not above each other yes and that's why this this podcast that's why your work that's why timmy's work that's why any self-development work where you inquire within is important
0: absolutely so, absolutely yeah. for that, for that, that's been and the thing is too like you have all the permission to be riled up because yes it's it's in the black community in america but this is a worldly mm. thing man because this strikes the heart chord this this is the yeah. shit that's been happening for 400 years in america mm-hmm. and it's just being filmed now you know what i'm saying so yeah. this this is not something new so it's like we all to me i was explaining to a friend i was like a lot of people are like just appalled by this and it's almost like yeah. when you're a kid and then you get told there's no santa claus you just feel so much like deception and you feel like, what? How come you didn't tell me? How did you lie to me all these years? There's no Santa. Like, it's like people feel appalled <laughs> because they're like, yeah. it's been happening. You mean you've been lying to me yeah. all along? And it's like, nah, this has been here for 400 years. My my great grandmother, my grandmother's mm. mother was a slave in the South. I'm yes. 32 years old and look, look how close it was. So for me, it's like you get to be riled up for all this. And... I'm so grateful that all this is coming up because it's, it's pushing me in a new version of, of who I am and being myself, which is what this, Uh, what's, what your initiative is, is pushing here because I'm like, what do I really stand for? What do I really love? What do I really value? It's like, yes, I hate fucking racism, but it's like, and then it's like, I, I get to create more spaces for men to heal. So it's like maybe they won't make that one decision to kill another man.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. You know what? I never really actually considered, I never really understood, like I just wasn't aware of um, privilege and Mm -hmm. white privilege in particular um, until my mum, so my mum's side is Maori from New Zealand. Mm -hmm. They were raised there, grew up and they moved over to Australia and I was born in Perth. And um, I grew up with my grandfather. So mum was working, blah, blah, blah. I grew up with my grandfather, Koro, who was a traditional Māori man, you know, taught us the haka, taught us how to speak Mori and just disciplined. And, and I grew up with that. And, f- and I connect with you on the Puerto Rican side. as like all I ever knew was um, the Māori tradition. Uh-huh. And then my grandfather passed away. And then I've always <laughs> been trying to cling to it my whole life, bro. Like uh-huh. I've been going... Um, I really all I wanted to do like was to look and speak moldy to and so people would recognize me in the Moldy community and I'm playing rugby and I'm playing touch footy and it's like I wanted to be known as the Moldy boy, you know? Uh-huh. And the reality was is, you know, my dad was white. He was half Greek, half Australian. So I was still stuck with that, but for some reason I just wanted to be known as 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 Moldy and like I had so much love for that. And then I didn't realize the whole thing of the white privilege until my mum later was in a uh, shop in New South Wales and there's a big Aboriginal community in this town and um, she just didn't get served. She was wanting to buy clothes in this shop and the lady didn't come to her because her hair was down, it's all frizzy and she just didn't want to get served. And I'm just like, whoa, that's a thing.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And I was there with my mum, and my mum's partner's white and she was going, he was like, he was fucking like brutally upset and was going on. I actually went up to her and said, this is my wife. Like, you know, she deserves a shop here. She's got the money to buy this shit and it ended up being a full ruckus. And I just, that was the moment. I was like, fuck, this is a thing. And it's really just come back up recently to go, that, mo- that video that, um, about the school teacher that had the um, disadvantaged race,
0: yes. you know, the race yes. that, yeah.
2: that, that all, all people step forward and, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, bro, that hit the heartstrings. And it just sort of like really cemented the idea that, fuck, I have had privilege because my skin isn't as dark as my mum's. Mm-hmm. Because I do have the luck that if I'm not in the sun enough, that it will go back to a whiter colour. And I would never actually understand yeah. what it's like to be, you know, someone cross the street. Yeah. and not accept you for your skin color i've never actually had that problem and i re- realized fuck i've had so many opportunities in my life more than so many others
1: mm-hmm. and
2: i guess my point is coming back to you is like how has that how have you dealt with that in your life man and and what are your thoughts on on having people understand their privilege in life and what they can do with it
0: mm. yeah i love this conversation this can be like a whole nother thing man um, but yeah, like man. for me it's I let's say you've met me, you know how I look. Um, I'm I'm brown skin. I'm not quote unquote black, like you know, as, as people say black people, it's it's a funny thing that us humans do. Yeah. But for me, it's like um I understand, like I've been I've experienced racism. I've been called a nigger before. I've I've been harassed yeah. by cops in Oklahoma. So I I've been in these situations as a lighter toned man. And then like my brothers out there who are darker skinned than me, I'm like, fuck, I, I, I've experienced this. So what, what have they experienced? What are they experiencing? Mm. So this, this is something that like, um, yeah, it's like I understand where I'm from that when it comes to people around me. That's why now it's like I, I, I put it in the space, in these, in these spaces that I'm in. For example, like uh, mm. a couple months ago, here at Keeps Cacao, there was a European woman here um, at this retreat. There was 49 people at the retreat. I was the only black person at this retreat. And we had a sharing mm. circle. And I was just speaking of what was present for me and what I was feeling into. And, um, and, then, that, and then people kind of like understood a bit. I made it my, my, my presence to speak into that. And then this same yeah. European woman, um, a few days later, she goes, oh, Brenny, you just need to be more vulnerable. And like, I looked at her and I was like, let's have a conversation really quick. I need to be more vulnerable. I said, you need to be more aware. I said, look around. I know that's not your intention of what you were saying, but however, I am the only person of color in this whole retreat for this whole 10 days. Just by me being Mm -hmm. here right now is a vulnerable act. I'm here in my own Mm -hmm. accord, leading with my heart, being here with everything else going on in the world. I'm here right now mm. doing this work side by side. Constantly saying yes when, when my ego wants to say no, don't be here because nobody looks like you. You're not safe. Leave. Abort. That's what my ego says. Mm. And I constantly choose my heart to say no, I'm here. And she was just like blown away and she goes, I'm sorry, I didn't think about it that way. And I'm like, yes, yeah. just awareness. So vulnerability has different levels to vulnerability that we have. And I just make sure people around me are just understanding the human aspect. Because for me, it's like, the thing is, what's the funniest shit in the world is that I'm a big advocate for non-dualism. Like, my life's work is based in non-dualism. Like, we're, we all are one, and mm. it comes from one kitchen. Like, that's, that's the basis of my life. And, and the cosmic joke yeah. is that, okay, that's, that's what my heart believes in. But the universe like, you're going to be a black man in this life, too. <laughs> you're going to be a black man. You
2: know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah. You want to make sure you really believe it.
0: Yeah, let's make sure you really believe it against all the fuck yous and shit. So, yeah. It's a cosmic joke. So, I, I constantly
2: speak yeah. people. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's a, such a good point. Like, non-dualism for people listening is like that oneness, right? It's like, yes. I yeah. am you, you are, you are, you are I. And um, I think, you know, that just paints the picture that your greatest challenge will also be your greatest gift
0: yes would you agree absolutely absolutely Mm. man like that's that's been my (laughs) you know know, when i first came into the space of like coaching and stuff like uh eight years ago i remember like i had my first ever podcast and this woman interviewed me and she goes well what do you do What, what, what what kind of coach are you and like that scared the shit out of me i was like oh fuck what am i what am i and then I go, I go, yeah. and literally, this is what it was, bro. I was like, I'm an identity coach. <laughs> like, yeah, I, was, I, was my I was like, oh, Brendan, Brendan, Brendan Davis is a, is a, um, he's a coach for helping you discover your self identity. I was like, oh what?
1: shit,
2: wow, so
0: embarrassing, so embarrassing.
2: I mean, that came, out, that came out to you, man, because that was real for you at the time, I guess. Yeah, you know, like it was
0: super real because I didn't know who the and fuck that
2: was. It, Eight years later, we're talking about how to be more yourself. So it's quite ironic that it's been like a good theme of your life and, and, and the people that you helped through that period, you know, because, you know, you can see in your story, dude, it's like finding who you are has been a big part of your journey. And I mean, fuck, all of us too, man. Mm-hmm. But So let's say this, like I, I understand your time here, but let's look at um, someone's coming to you as a, as a coach um, and they go, man, I'm not myself. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm struggling, like, you know, I can see that something's not right. I need to find out what's true for me. Like I'm not liking the career I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what what, would you recommend to them? The first, like there are some practical steps in your coaching experience. How would you help them identify with their true self?
0: Mm. I always bring it to the question. I go, okay, look at your life right now. I go, yeah. Take a, pe- take a piece of paper and a pen and write two lists, like, what do you want right now, and then what do you need? And mm-hmm. then a lot of, a lot of men, a lot of women get caught up because they, they start to see that their, um, their wants is from other people and that their needs is what their truth is. So mm-hmm. I always start with that. I'm like, because if we can get to the level of identifying what's the truest for you, we can work with that. We can yeah. work with that. So it's getting to the bottom of like, Understanding the things that are in your life now, are they in your life because you truly wanted them in your life, or are they there because you were kind of influenced for them to be in your
1: mm. life right now? Mm. Because the That's thing so is devil.
0: the human experience, like even us, let's say in quote unquote spirituality or personal development, we're we're yeah. also people like, oh, I gotta get new programming. We're always gonna be in a program. Like humans, we're computers. So whether our programming mm-hmm. is going to the pub and getting drunk, or it's going to curtain, curtain is still a yeah, programming. Man. So it's yeah. about bringing healthy programs in your life, and also programs that you co-sign with, like programs yeah. that you actually want in your life, not that a, a program that somebody gave to you that they downloaded so to you true. without you wanting.
2: Mm, fuck, man, that's basically it. Like I got goosebumps now. Both arms, just <laughs> it's like it is the program that you're in. And I guess it's like an exercise that you could literally sit there and write down and go like, I'm working with a a client at the moment. She's from the UK and um, she's in a career that she realized that it was her mum pushing her Mm -hmm. and she's had this underlying regret that she didn't get to do what she wanted, you know, and do the whole traveling thing. Mm -hmm. And, and that's like, I feel for her, man. Like I feel for her because she's come, but, the, the beauty is, is that she's in her 20s and she's coming to that realization now. And so the matter is, is like, okay, well, what is it that you want to do? What is it that you, what, how does your ideal life look like? What is it that you're passionate? What is it that you're gifted at? And then how can we make that transi- transition and how can you build up the courage to have that conversation with your family? Because there will be some pushback, you know, and, 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 and that's it. Like, you know, that's really basically, it's again, look at the program and look at what it is you really want to do, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like nut, nuts it out perfectly. And I guess the tough conversation is always one of those ones where you're going to fight, you know, um, there's going to be some sort of resistance from your environment when you do want to change. How mm-hmm. would someone deal with that resistance?
0: Yeah, it's, man, it's, first of all, I, I, I send love to your client because that's, that's a big thing to be in. And um, if we don't address that resistance Mm -hmm. and we address it all, it it turns into resentment. And then that resentment Mm -hmm. is what harbors and festers in our body. And then later in life, it comes back and develops into something physical, you know, Mm -hmm. a physical ailment. Um, So, yeah, it's it's when that resistance comes and we just got to get into the space of Mm -hmm. unapologetically choosing what feels good for, for you, for yourself. And because if you choose what other people, what you think other people want you to choose, you're going to, it's blasphemy against self. It's like, it's like you saying like, oh, even though you live in this body 24 seven, you're telling your body you're not good enough. I'm listening to this person outside of me more than you. Yeah. So yeah, man.
2: Mm, I feel that brother. That's powerful, man. So we've had, we've had some really, really, I think we've given some really good value for people that are in that boat of like at the, very posi- at the very start of that journey and or, you know, halfway through and struggling, it's really coming back to look at the programming and um, speak up for what's real for you and also getting out of the environment for a bit if that works for you. You know, like you and I travelled, that was our way of getting out of it and seeing something differently. Mm-hmm. Is it how can you shift the environment? How can you shift your friend group? How can you shift something or go to a new workshop to just change, help them, the brain change its perception. Mm. But that, that, that's pretty much summing up what we've done, man. It's been a beautiful podcast. But our last question, so this is um, something that I've just recently thrown in there for the last few episodes. If you could put anything on a billboard, what would it be? Mm.
0: That's beautiful. If I could put anything on a billboard, and I know that people are going to pass by it every day, I would just mm. put with a simple question, what are you thinking of right now?
2: <laughs> Whoa, like, yes. I'll
0: just put that question there. What are you thinking about right now? <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, it's, and that's, yeah. that's the well, essence to bring him back into the present moment.
0: Exactly. Exactly why that's my yeah, premise. Yeah. It's like, what are you thinking right now? Because for me, it's, it's like what we're thinking about in every single moment matters of what we're creating yes. in our lives. So what are we thinking about right now? <laughs>
2: Wow. So that could be almost like a prompt that you could throw in like on your fridge, hey? It's just to get like a little tool to bring you back into the present moment.
0: Yeah. And even like the listeners in here too, it's, you can set three or four alarms on your phone, you know, you got, everybody has a cell phone, like set like random yeah. alarms and be like, what am I thinking about right now? Question mark. And then underneath that, take a deep breath. Things like that, mm. little, little things. I'm a big advocate for, for less is more and simplicity is bliss. Like that's the basis of my work. That's how I live my life. I love to laugh. I love to joke. You know, I, I love the deep laughs when you're like, when you almost might pass out, you know, because you're like you're laughing so hard. Yeah. Like those kind of laughs. Yeah. Like this is this is how I live my life. So simplicity is bliss. Like don't overcomplicate this, this life journey. When people overcomplicate it, that's when shit starts to like get rocky. It's not meant to be yeah. that way. It could be so simple. So simple.
2: Yeah. Yes. Oh, fuck, it's so true, man. That's another episode in itself. Like, how to simplify your life. Mm-hmm. And I think it does come back from, like, at its core, simplicity is Blitz. making a decision for yourself yeah. and being completely okay with it. Yes, because it becomes overcomplicated because, you know, like-
0: when we reach externally.
2: Yes, exactly, bro. yeah. man, this has been a beautiful podcast, brother. I appreciate your time and, and tuning in, and um, I'm excited for our paths to cross again, bro.
0: Absolutely, man. You'll see me soon, man. I, I should be out there hopefully within the next few months, next year or so: so.
2: Did, Yeah, did you get stuck in Guatemala, by the way?
0: um I mean what? I kind of kind of yes and no. it's like it was the best situation for me to for this world thing right now, so
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, man. But I've been yeah, here wow. about three ha- months. Ha- ha- wow, brother. That's, it's a beautiful place. Where are you actually in the moment?
0: Uh, San Marcos on Lake Atsilan, Cacao Country. Oh, Mayan, Mayan Cacao dude.
2: Country. Is that um, Acatanango volcano
0: right near you? Uh, no, they have Fuego, which is in Antigua, and then they have San Pedro and then Toloman. On this lake, there's three volcanoes. They're all dormant. But then in Antigua, uh, yeah. um, a couple hours away, there's an active uh, volcano there called Fuego.
2: Yeah, right. I've been to Antigua. It's one of it's Actually, Guatemala is one of my favorite countries in the world, man. Oh, it's beautiful. Sweet. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, so good, man. Well, brother, thank you very much, and thank you to everyone listening to this podcast to the end. And if you can do yourself and others one favor, that is to take a screenshot of this on whatever device you're listening to and post it on social media so others can hear about it and, you know, tag us, put in your biggest takeaway. The greatest gift is sharing and helping others grow on this journey. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. And thanks, Brendan, for joining me, brother. Thanks, Luca. Ladies and gentlemen, you are at the end of the podcast. And
1: congratulations because you are the small 1% that actually listens to this outro. I don't know if anyone ever does. I've probably listened to 2% of them. But guess what? I'm going to tell you something very, very special. I'm going to give you the secret recipe to life. There you have it. Secret recipe, you say? Well... What is it, Luca? And that is, take action, my friends. Have courage. Have faith. Trust the process. You're exactly where you need to be. This journey isn't easy. This journey is challenging. But guess what? Life is. And the only way we evolve as a human species, the only way we grow, is through challenge. We also need a community. The community of like-minded fellows, like-minded ladies, gentlemen, who are all seeking the best version of themselves. And what does that require? It requires us sharing this message, showing people that you are on a better path. So screenshot this episode. Tag a friend and tag me and tell us your biggest takeaway. Thank you so much. And until next time,
2: Peace.
0: peace.